0: Today's episode of Vice Versa, we're being joined by a very special guest to talk about the latest developments with Tesla Full Self Driving, as well as the state of autonomous driving with the competition. And as usual, I'm joined by Ricky Roy. How you doing, Ricky? Doing well, Matt.
1: Another another week and another special with a with a guest. So I'm excited. This one I've been looking forward to for a while. So hopefully you guys are all here. You have a lot of questions. Uh, we will keep track of them. Um, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. And today we're being joined by Chris from Dirty Tesla. I'm sure a lot of you have seen his videos. They're great videos. I've been really enjoying, Chris, the videos you've been putting out about the full self driving uh, experiences as he have been driving around town. Thanks for joining
2: us today. Thank you so much. It's really fun to share. And thanks for having me. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, um, Ricky, how was your video this week?
1: So we were a little bit delayed, but it is coming out. We did a video on battery recycling. It was one we've been working on for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, it'll be going out right after the show, probably. What about you?
0: Nice. I put a video out on uh, five technologies that were debunked that actually ended up changing the world. Uh, it was kind
2: of a fun, different kind of video to put out.
0: But yeah.
1: And Chris, what about you? What was your last video you posted?
2: Uh, my last one was a full self-driving video, uh, the beta going in downtown and kind of talking about my surprise that the new beta testers are surprised at some of the um, shortcomings (laughs) of the beta. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Well, to jump off of that, we could just jump right into the Tesla full self-driving. The 10.2 was released, and they've been inviting more people into the fold. And as you mentioned, some people are kind of surprised about what they're experiencing. I'm curious if you could kind of give us an overview as to like what you've been experiencing over the course of being in the full self-driving program.
2: Sure. So it came out... uh, about this time last year. And it allowed the car overnight to go from only highway driving and uh, changing lanes on highways and taking exits to doing pretty much everything, point A to point B, uh, with the exception of a few uh, really advanced maneuvers. And it gave the car a lot more freedom. And so old autopilot kind of sits in its lane and, and maybe makes a lane change really slowly, whereas Beta is making decisions kind of on the fly, uh, reacting to the things around it. And so that initial use of it can be a little surprising in that it makes a lane change or avoids a car or avoids some debris in the road and you didn't expect it. Um, so the development of that over the past year has been uh, amazing really, because um, it, it has been getting a lot better. And, and the initial run was, was very sketchy <laughs> and it still does some you know, surprising moves, uh, but yeah, it's definitely improving over time.
0: And so are you happy with how it's progressed with this latest release?
2: Uh, Yeah, there's uh, pretty much every release there's... uh improvements, and then uh, some setbacks as well. And I think Elon Musk even mentioned that uh, early on, that it would be kind of a two steps forward, one step back kind of process going through this. Um, And so overall, the last release or two have really improved some of the basics, like making turns, left and right turns, uh, where it used to, like on a right turn especially, get a little close to the curb and and you'd probably take over, maybe let it do it, but but maybe uh, be a little nervous, you're going to curb a rim or something. Now it'll go to take that right turn if it's close. I mean, it just, just like a human would do, moves out a little bit more and then completes the turn. Uh, so those little fine techniques uh, have been really good. And then same thing with, with left turns, especially if you have a green arrow, um, like you have the right of way, the car just goes through them so perfectly. Uh, whereas in the past, even when you had right of way, it would be a little hesitant. Um, and then some of the setbacks in this version I'm on right now For whatever reason, I'm getting a lot more of these little phantom braking events. Um, Nothing too bad. It doesn't drop from, you know, say 50 to 20 miles an hour. But you'll be going down the road at 45 and it'll drop, you know, three or four miles an hour here and there. Um, And that's been a little worse. And, you know, those kind of moves are annoying (laughs) pretty much. Your, your new Model Y doesn't have radar, does it? Yeah, correct. So I had a Model 3 with Beta on it, and that entire time, Beta was using the radar that was in my Model 3. And with all the crazy you know, trade-in prices and supply chain things, um, I decided to trade my Model 3 to Tesla because they were just giving such a good deal. Upgraded to the Model Y, and I got one of the Tesla Vision versions. So there was no radar in my car at all. So no hardware radar. Um, at the same time, when I got the next ver- version of Beta added to my Model Y, it was the first version to not use the radar anyway. Um, so as far as I know, uh, I was at that time, I was the only beta tester that physically didn't have a radar. Whereas the rest of them, um, were losing their radar ability with that update. So it's only using the cameras at this point.
0: You mentioned that you were surprised at how surprised some of the new beta testers are. Like what's the feedback you've been hearing?
2: Um, so like one of the things, so some of these things are because even if you watch the videos, it's, it's not the same. If you have not been in a beta car. Watching the videos is just not the same as actually sitting in the car, even if you're just the passenger. Um, so one of the things I'm hearing a lot is people are surprised at how fast it accelerates out of turns. And I like it, I guess, because I'm used to it. But when it takes, like, say, a right turn, if it goes on to a, a high-speed road, I mean, it accelerates right up there. Um, it's not, you know, foot to the floor or anything, but it's it's a pretty good rate of speed that it, it's it's taking to get up to the speed limit. And so I've been hearing that... <laughs> oh, okay. I've been hearing that... Uh, <laughs> you changed it anyway. So that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, people are surprised, um, that it accelerates so fast that kind of catches them off guard, um, which, which that's fine. But the other thing is they're surprised at some of the mistakes it's making, uh, sometimes it's, you know, taking turns when they don't expect, or maybe moving within the lane when they're not expecting it. And so, you know, it, it's, again, it's different when you're in the car, but if you've seen a lot of the videos, uh, you should know that hands on the wheel is not a joke. You really need to be ready at all times
0: how many interactions do you think you have to kind of take over on a typical drive when you're testing it
2: um so on older videos i actually was keeping track of all the interventions and disengagements per mile um so a disengagement would be i totally take over an intervention is i just maybe use the accelerator or use the turn signal or something um and it's maybe like uh if, if we do per miles per Every maybe three or four miles, I'm doing something, whether that's touching the accelerator to help it move through just because it's going slow or actually physically taking over because it's going to make a mistake. Um, So, yeah, every few miles.
0: And when you're in your, I think it was your last video, I saw uh, Mm -hmm. you were kind of trying to go around a truck that was like kind Mm -hmm. of out in the road and it looked a little hairy there because it looked like it was trying to go around when it shouldn't have been trying to go around because it looked a little too tight. Yeah,
2: I think that's the uh, oh, yeah, that's later in the video. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm yeah yeah so that's that's a time i took over because it it was it was just simply too thin Uh, i mean a human couldn't do it either you just physically couldn't fit through that space so the car should have just stopped and waited and to be fair maybe it would have done that but it got close enough where i just decided you know i'm not comfortable i'm gonna just tap the brake wait till we have a little bit of room and turn it back on
0: one question i I, I would love to hear your take on is like i don't have this yet i'm still on the Mm -hmm. old autopilot system which, when you're sitting at an intersection and you look at your screen, you see cars and trucks like jittering all over the screen. And this new one doesn't appear to do that. It seems to have object permanence, like a little kid that actually understands where things are. What's sure. your take between the old system, like when you used to use autopilot, like on a highway, versus this? Like, is it night and day, or is it, or are there
2: subtle differences between the two? And I, I think the biggest change for highway comes with the the removal of the radar. And I will say, I was. Pretty skeptical of that move. Now, I'm not like a hardware engineer or software guy, so just skeptical from you know the things I have read about it. Um, and I was totally wrong to be skeptical because the radar uh, or I should say the vision breaking is so good compared to the radar breaking. Now, one thing you'll notice, and it will probably, you know, you'll be like, whoa, the first time you experience it, the vision breaking versus radar starts the braking process a little later than the radar did. And so as you're going towards these stopped cars, you'll have a thought like, ooh, I would be slowing down already and the car's not. But then it sees the cars, it begins braking, and the braking is so incredibly smooth every time. It is very good. Whether you're coming around a bend, going straight at them, uh, somebody moves out of the way, and then there's you know a stopped car there. Those types of things would trip up the radar, um, whereas the Vision seems to handle them so well. Um, so that's probably the biggest difference you would notice on the highway. Um, and then uh, in terms of, yeah, I mean, you can see in this clip, all those cars are rock solid. I mean, they're not jiggling at all. Yeah. Um, it, it's It's... I mean, that difference is night and day. It's, it's a totally different like forget everything, you know, about autopilot and full self driving. It's it's a totally different system you're using.
0: Uh, we have a super chat from Gary Itano. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Gary, for the uh, super chat. And he asks, how do interventions affect the safety scores? Yeah, we need to talk about the safety <laughs> score thing, too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so quick overview: safety scores. If you don't have the beta yet, you drive safely, whatever you know Tesla thinks is safely. And uh, if you have a high enough score, they'll let you have the beta. Well, once you get the beta, um, your safety score is actually removed. So, when the beta testers, the kind of the original beta testers, got this ten point two update, we had a safety score for about twenty four hours in our app, and then it disappeared. So anyone that's entered into the beta no longer has a safety score. Um, now interventions on the public build, uh, I, from what I hear, they're not good <laughs> because you're usually, uh, turning the wheel to avoid something or you're hitting the brake hard because the autopilot isn't doing it when you want to. And since you've taken over that, you know, mistake that autopilot made is on you. Um, so yeah, you want to avoid those safely, of course, if you can.
0: Yeah. The, the last time we talked, like Ricky and I had a show, I was complaining about how I, how flawed I think the algorithm is that they have for their current safety score. Because I got knocked on sure. something that was just ridiculous, and it took me from having a hundred down to seventy-two, and it was there was nothing I did wrong. <laughs> like it was there was no yeah. danger, but it was a situation that just knocked my score down, and it made me realize that their algorithm needs some serious work. And I mean Tesla, I mean Elon has commented publicly that their algorithm has flaws, and they're going to work on it, and we'll get better over time. Uh, how do you feel about having such a flawed system determining who gets to go into <laughs> the the beta program?
2: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, yeah, the classic example is like stopping for a yellow, right? That's bad to the safety score, but blasting through the yellow is good. Um, I, I think that the important part of the safety score is it makes you pay so much attention to what you are doing, what the car is doing. Um, and you you are at all times, like hyper analyzing what's going on in the car around you, uh, how you're controlling it. Um, now again, maybe those things don't technically make it actually safer, but it puts your brain kind of in the mode it needs to be in for this beta because when, and I think that's the biggest benefit of the safety score. Cause when you're using this beta, you're not like, if you're used to autopilot, you put it on and you kind of chill, you know, you're still paying attention of course, but you're relaxed. You're like, Oh, this is so nice. The car's beta is opposite of that. Beta's like, oh, oh, I better be ready here because the car's gonna want to, you know, take a left out of nowhere. Um, now I'm being dramatic; those things don't happen that often, um, but they can, and so you really need to be as attentive as you are for safety score. Like in that same mode, you need to be like that for this as well. Now, I'll just jump in real
1: quick. There was a question just above uh, Gary's super chat. Raymond says, and we were talking about this before the show. He says, "Do you think the B pillar camera is the limiting factor for FSD?"
2: Oh, it's such a hard decision. Um, the way I the, the, the way I usually answer this is, is think of it this way. If Tesla right now had two cameras in the headlights right now, if that was in the car, do you think they would have solved self-driving? Do you think these cars would be level four right now with those cameras there? Probably not. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so right now I do not No, I don't believe it's it's the limiting factor. Um, but yeah, I do agree that more cameras would give more information to the car.
1: Do you, have you had that same experience? I know some of the, the, the beta testers early on that I spoke with, they've all kind of mentioned that one of the the most challenging things is coming out of a kind of a, to make a left turn into a busy intersection where there's no light. You're just at like kind of a stop and the traffic is going 45, 50 miles an hour potentially. And you got to turn mm-hmm. left into it. You know, we as humans, it's a very hair raising kind of thing to do to begin with. We have to kind of creep into the intersection and keep getting in further. And if there's parked cars, that becomes immensely more challenging. Cause it really does obscure your vision so have you had issues with that left turns where you're at
2: yeah yeah so i live very rural so we have a lot of these situations actually my drive to work the second turn i take i'm turning off of a dirt road onto a road that speed limit is 55 but people go 60 or more and the car actually realizes this and what my car does since the day i got the beta up until yesterday when i was using it it stops at the stop sign it begins to creep forward and then it shows me a little message on the bottom of the screen and it says um high speed cross traffic uh, uh unable to complete maneuver or it basically asks me to help it you know it says like I, I i'm not comfortable doing this you go ahead and take this one um and so i have a lot of situations like that and that does seem to be the most difficult not even just left turns just the high speed traffic that when you're going onto a road um and i think that's part of kind of what i mentioned earlier where the beta accelerates pretty quickly. I think that's part of the uh, tactic there is the car is like, okay, it's clear, go. (laughs) I better get out of the way before somebody shows up here, Uh, which, I mean, I do the same thing, right? You're like, I I think it's good. I'm going to just kind of take off, so.
0: I was going to say, do you think the current state of the, this is one question I'm struggling with myself. They're charging, was it $10,000 for full self-driving today? Do you think it's worth the money today?
2: (sighs) That's so, I've, I've done a lot of videos and talked about this a lot over the years, you know, as, as the price has been increasing and I've never, I've never recommended it for the price when it was 6,000 or seven. I've never said like, yeah, it's worth 6,000. You should pay for this. Um, I beta, I think for some people it is worth 10,000. If you're the right kind of person for this, if you think you're going to turn beta on and just be like, Oh, yep. I'm on my way to work, you know, see you later. No, no, (laughs) it's not for you. (laughs) But if, if you're into the tech, if you think this kind of stuff is cool, if you want like, the most advanced self-driving software available to the public um it's not exactly to the public but we're getting there then you want it i mean it's fun t- i use this i have never turned it off ever since i i got it on my car because if if i was sick of this i can just toggle it off in the settings i have never done that one you don't time. you don't
1: miss driving <laughs> at all i use
2: this no i hate really? driving i've always hated driving <laughs> When I was, you know, first out of college at one of my first jobs, you know, I had my old Ford or no, I had a Grand Dam, a 2001 Grand Dam. And I was driving to into Detroit, you know, every day and it took me an hour to go 20 miles because of all the traffic. And I saw this ad for, uh, I don't know, probably Mercedes or one of these really expensive cars. And it was like, um, uh, what's it? Uh, Stop and go assist or whatever they called it where the car could do stop and go traffic for you up to like 15 miles an hour or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my next car's having that. You know, that was before I even knew what Tesla was or anything. Um, So, yeah, I don't like driving. I love beta. I use it 99% of the time. I pretty much only am driving if I have to take over. Like, that's the only time. Um, So, for somebody like me that's into tech and and thinks this stuff is fun, I I do think the value is there. Um, You know, $10,000 is different to different people. But...
0: Yeah. it's We're all early adopters, all three of us. And a lot of the audience right. is also early adopters, which brings me to, okay, they're charging $10,000 to get into a software package that's really only meant for early adopters. Like, would you feel comfortable? Like, put yourself in the shoes of just the average Joe on the street, somebody who's mm-hmm. not into tech, doesn't isn't on yeah. the blazing trail. Would you think they'd feel comfortable in a car with the current state?
2: No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, especially if you don't know anything about it. No, no, I don't think you would like that. But and, and, you know, at this point, Tesla's intentionally keeping them out. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're getting beta right now, it's because you clicked a button. You clicked a bunch of "Okay, I want it. And then you spent three weeks driving like a weirdo (laughs) trying to get your score to 99 or 100. um, And then it finally is on your car. Um, And and that was the biggest reason I was surprised by people's uh, surprise. I don't know how else to put that, because you 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 knew what you were doing you spent all this time driving around all strange and then you get it on your car and you're like what this isn't what i wanted <laughs> so that was that's was very surprising to me
1: sanjay mehta is in the chat he said that the mercedes tech you recall you were talking about was called like distronic back in the day something like that so
2: Distronic. okay they, yeah i remember seeing the commercial because those legacy guys like to advertise they and they got me with that <laughs>
1: so i was thinking one of the things uh I was just thinking about when you're talking about the challenges with like high speed cross traffic or even just like front-on. You mentioned like it breaks a little bit later on. So one of the biggest safety dangers with aviation is a head-on collision. And the reason is if you if you imagine like take a take an object like far in the horizon and look at it, like every n feet that it moves, it's a its apparent increase in size is almost nominal, right? It's negligible. Until it gets closer, then all of a sudden now every foot it moves. Like the the angle that it's taken up in your periphery, just it, you know, it just goes like asymptotic, right? So the the, the problem with the head-on collision with vision, radar has no problem with this. Radar would be able to tell you eight hundred feet, seven fifty feet, seven hundred feet, six fifty feet, right? But with vision, you think, ah, oh, he's I'm never gonna hit him, and all of a sudden he's on you like like that, right? Uh, so any, th- any kind of a situation where there's perceived changes in distance with vision, uh, we kind of fall prey to this phenomenon. So that's where probably the computer will break later because it doesn't detect any perceived difference, especially with a two megapixel camera. But then once it's kind of tracking it and it knows what's going on, it's going to perform better probably. But it's, um, it's interesting, right? It, th- this, is the, this is the game. You got to f- kind of figure out the best balance of everything.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I actually had, I don't know if you care to show this map, but, um, how oh, is it? How oh, did I mess it up? Uh, yeah, right here. This is a, oh, no, I think I missed it. Sorry. I don't want to spend too much time clicking around here, but I had, uh, at some point in this video, I have like a head on kind of interaction. Now it's low speed and and the guy is, is decently close to me. So it's definitely not dealing with the problem you just talked about. Um, with it being really far away, but uh, it handled it pretty well. I mean, it moved over. I would have personally moved over a little bit more. But as the the truck coming at me had to go around somebody, so they came, you know, halfway or so into my lane, and my car just kind of just moved over and, and avoided it. So that wasn't a problem. But um, I, I understand what you're saying, and I really think if if we're gonna talk about, uh, I think yeah, right here. So this guy kind of comes into my lane. We're facing each other. Um, and my car just slightly moves over just a little bit and then centers itself again. Um, so again, low speed, not, not That's too dangerous. pretty impressive. Um, I, I think if we're going to talk, it's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's very impressive. Um, I think if we were to talk about what Tesla is going to update next, my personally, what I've been thinking about is exactly what you said. Two megapixel cameras. Come on. Uh, <laughs> they're going to upgrade mm. the resolution of these cameras along probably with hardware four would be, would be my guess.
0: I mean, it put your prediction cap on. This one's going to be a tough question because like you're not going to have actual knowledge on this. But like based on right. the progression that you're seeing and how it's improving, when do you think that this might get rolled out to basically everybody? Even if it's still called a beta, but like, when's it going to be widely available? Do you think it's like a year away, two years away? Or does it feel like it's going to happen sooner than that?
2: Oh, I would say sooner than that. I, I, I really think they want it wide by the end of the year and that they are doing this slow rollout to kind of... Uh, you know, the more people you add, the more chance of an accident. And if this was to everybody, even if, I mean, come on, even if this was level five, right? If you roll this out to everybody, you're going to have an accident pretty, pretty quickly. It's just the way it works. Um, so I think they're doing this slow rollout to see how close people are getting to, to having an accident. Um, it, and how many people are avoiding accidents, you know, things like that. And so to this day, there still hasn't been one, which for any, even just the 2,000, if you take 2,000 people and watch them for a year, to have no accidents is like pretty cool. (laughs) Um, So the fact that the beta has had none looks really good. Uh, You know, I think that there's a little too much discounting. Uh, I'm not saying you're doing this, but I think there's a little too much discounting of like the people who own these cars, because when you get this beta, as long as you don't, you know, blindly think this is level five, it's your car, right? You're responsible. You're not going to let it drive off a cliff or crash into somebody if you're paying attention. But that's true for any car on the road today. If I'm paying attention, I'm not going to let my Equinox that that I, I my wife's car I'm not going to let that crash into a wall because I'm going to hit the brake. You know, it's the same thing here, except the car can
0: kind of do some stuff too. That kind of raises the question of like how other autonomy companies like Waymo and the other ones are like they need to get permits and uh, permissions to test their stuff in different cities, partly because they're like robo taxis. They're, they're testing out something that's completely different than this, where this mm-hmm. is meant as a driver assist feature. And like you just mentioned, it's our car. We are motivated to make sure that it's operating properly. What's right. your take on the different approaches? Do you think Tesla's playing a little too fast and loose or do you think that they're they're doing it appropriately for what their system's intended for?
2: Um. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I think that's that's their biggest advantage is that they get to get all of their buyers of their cars as as the people who get to help them test it, as opposed to Waymo or anybody else who has to go and try to do a robo taxi thing with other people and other cars. This is Tesla's biggest advantage, I think, is a million cars on the road. And everybody, like you mentioned, is eager to get this. I mean, if Elon was making phone calls and said, hey, Matt, FSD, you want it? I think you're going to go, yes, please. (laughs) Right. So it's something that everybody wants. We all have a ton of cars. Um, This might be, I think this is why Tesla is so far ahead. They're they're also just brilliant and really good at this too. But this is one of those things that you couple those two together, tough, tough to beat.
0: Yeah, this actually kind of is probably a good point to transition into some of the competition and talk about how it compares and what's going on. Because like uh, just recently, uh, GM announced that they're Trying to, their their Super Cruise is now called, there's a version of it that's going to be called Ultra Cruise, and they're going to be releasing this. Their their goal is to have this out in 2023, which is probably not that far off from where Tesla's probably going to land with their stuff. So it's, they're saying that this is going to be a direct competitor to what uh, Tesla can do. And they're also claiming it's going to leapfrog them, which, you know, that's marketing PR stuff. but. <laughs> It it, kind of it came out of for me. This kind of came out of nowhere. Was not expecting this as soon as they were claiming it's going to happen. So if they can hit twenty twenty three, that's much further along than I was expecting. Um, And then they're also talking about how they're going to um, uh, they're going to be with their crews. They're planning on having a million robo taxis by the end of the decade, which I think is underselling (laughs) the potential of a robo taxi fleet. Um, yeah. if it, it that seems kind of low to me, but, um, they got goals, so they're going to try to hit a million. Uh, then you've got companies like Waymo, like I brought up before, like Ricky, you've ridden one too, right?
1: No, I haven't. Yeah. No, I haven't. No. Oh, you
0: haven't. I thought you had ridden one. Cause I've, I've ridden Waymo and as I got to tell you, I was very impressed with the tech. It was very, it, riding around, you know, Arizona in a car that was completely driving itself everywhere we went it was really really good and they've been announcing recently that they're they have a new version of their lidar system and i know we can talk about lidar a little bit uh but like the this image is kind of astonishing let me bring it up so their new lidar this is a lidar image it almost looks like a photograph there's so many dots and it's so precise that it's basically a a perfect 3d image from a lidar system and I know Elon talks about LIDAR being a crutch and most of the competition is using LIDAR and radar in one form or another. And then Tesla is the only one that's kind of planting their flag saying it's go vision or go home. Uh, What's your take on the different approaches?
2: Well, uh, again, I'm not an engineer in any way, so I'm just a fanboy who (laughs) who reads a lot about this stuff. Um, But I will say back in the day, a few years ago, before... um, What was it before autonomy day? I had kind of the thought are using LIDAR and Tesla's not, you know, and Tesla's like, oh, we don't need it. And I was kind of like, how can Tesla know? And all these other companies, like, it just seems strange until autonomy day when people kept bringing up LIDAR and, and Elon said, listen, we use LIDAR at SpaceX. It's great for what it does. It's on the rockets. We use it. It's not for autonomy. And that's when I was kind of like, all right, I guess I should listen to the guy. He uses it in in other applications. He knows what it's capable of. So there's a reason he doesn't want to rely on it for these self-driving cars. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's what it is. So ever since then, I've kind of been like, all right, Tesla probably knows what they're doing. These guys are a lot smarter than I am. Um, it doesn't mean they're right. Uh, you know, they could be wrong and maybe LiDAR is needed and they'll add it in eventually. But
0: yeah, that's that's kind of my take of. I, I personally do not care if it's all vision or it's got lidar or radar. It's like yeah. as long Drive as the pro- as, <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as the product they make is cost effective and affordable and competitive, it's like who cares what the underlying tech is, whether it's just yeah. cameras or it has LiDAR. Um I see a lot of comments in the community about like if it's got LiDAR, you know, the Elon Musk point of view of if it's got LiDAR, they're going nowhere. I'm not in that camp as long because the prices of lidar is is dropping pretty quickly and the mm-hmm. size of it is dropping and getting smaller and more effective so it's the costs may come in line at some point where Waymo's tech is not going to be that much more expensive than what Tesla's currently doing. And if it works, it works. So why care? <laughs> yeah, part of the part of the cost right. of
1: lidar is not in the the sensors, but it's in like combing through the data. So trying to make like some sort yeah. of like a, a vector field out of lidar data points and and getting the same sort of thing that we're doing from a two megapixel camera is it just takes more compute power to do that. So uh, potentially there might come a point when you know I don't know if you guys are Apple fans, but I want to get that new M one max pro ultra whatever that thing's called it's really stupid name but incredible (laughs) cpu um, with 32 cores of uh, graphics cores and stuff there might come a point very near term where like there's an arm processor that could do the sort of heavy lifting that we need at 60 frames per second to make lidar more more feasible but yeah i think elon's point is lidar is incredible for like really detailed imaging but driving a car is not like that we're in a a car it's like inches and feet You're, you're not really you're not trying to like dock a, a lunar module to an iss or something like that it's not that sort of fidelity or, or, or detail so I, I do i do get his point about that there's at the same time i'm not saying lidar is is dead or you know anybody who's doing it is not going to gonna succeed but it's it's interesting right it's, it's a completely different approach and who who wins out what does the future look like in a couple of years it's hard to tell but i mean he's been right about so much it's hard to bet against him that's the one thing i'll say
2: yeah for sure as much as you want to and as much as he's late with things it's just gotten to the point where i'm like i need to just like you know listen to this guy and he probably knows what he's talking about he's not infallible i'm not you know like a uh, that kind of fanboy where everything he says is scripture or something but um yeah i mean he's been right he has good teams of people that are very smart doing these things and i do really like tesla's reasoning of how do you drive a car today with vision It's not even that good of vision. You can't see everywhere all the time. The roads, the infrastructure is built based on vision. Like that's why the roads are the way they are. So I like that reasoning of why they're doing what they're doing.
0: So my concerns with vision come down to the, like you brought up, the resolution of the cameras bothers me. It's like Mm -hmm. I have very high resolution on my eyes and so do you. So it's like we can see very fine details and the cameras that are in a car right now are not high resolution enough. And I, I wonder if they're gonna have to update update that down the road. They will. It, yeah. So they will. I mean, they will. It's it's a fact.
1: Yeah. The one thing I've always thought about this has nothing to do with the technology or the teams doing this stuff. So the knife dude uh, says, "Did you see the Sandy Monroe rant about uh, Missy from the from NHTSA? There's a new appointment, and she's kind of anti-Tesla." This gets into my concern with with this, right? Elon Musk and Tesla might have the greatest thing in the whole world, and they've solved it. It doesn't matter if the regulators say. X, Y, and Z are the requirements. And if you don't have it, you can't operate here, right? I am an engineer. I I could I could build the footings and pour the concrete and build my own house on my property. I'm confident. I, I know what I'm doing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If I don't have the permitting, if I don't have the process, the city can come and, and tear it down or whatever they can do, right? That's the that's the outlying problem is doesn't matter how smart you are or how good you are. You got to fall in line with regulators. And we've already seen that the current administration, and really every government is going to do this, they're going to be very heavy handed in how they how they tackle this and all it would take is here are the requirements you need to have a five megapixel camera you have to be able to discern this sign from this distance like a driving test kind of a thing it must have blank or lidar i don't know i'm making this up but if they did that the the argument is over it's not an engineering challenge and that's what a lot of people get caught up in is the engineering part of it well when the most brilliant engineers are working on this problem i'm not too worried about that i do think they'll get there um, will we need better cameras or better hardware? Maybe, but the regulator part. What do you guys
0: think about that? Well, I think that the policy debate is gonna come down to the facts. I don't think it's gonna be the whole Missy Fiasco that has sprung up over the past few days. I think it's completely out of hand and everybody's panicking for nothing I think this is as much ado about nothing I don't think anything's gonna come of this because it's it comes down to the facts like when they're trying to put down policy Tesla is going to be right there showing all the data of their drivers, the effectiveness of the systems. They're going to be able to provide all of that, which is going to be damning for a, oh, you have to have LiDAR. I don't see that happening, but I do see that there is going to be resistance and pushback no matter what. So it's it, there's going to be a very big policy debate coming up in every country around the world, around this, because this is going to be a very hot topic everywhere. South,
1: the yeah, south of the way this always goes down is think about all the big money interest. There's a lot of people who make money, uh, who make a living driving, which probably aren't going to love seeing this emerge quickly. Um, and there's also a general fear. If you're an average person, and you're gonna, and you're telling me Tesla, and for Tesla, pe- Tesla is very polarizing. People like us who are kind of early adopters, mm-hmm. we love Tesla, we love the technology. Other people hate Tesla. I've met a lot of people, especially recently, who aren't opposed to an electric car, but they will never buy it from Tesla, who don't believe or trust some computer who's driving a car compared to a person. Even if you tell them this computer is far superior to that old man who's you know five times more likely to collide with you. It doesn't really matter. It's a perceptions thing. We still have two pilots in every aircraft, almost for no reason. Um, but it's just people feel safe when there's a guy with a hat in the plane with them. So it, it's, it's, it's a combination of perception and public and fear and regulators and lobbying interests and money and kind of all kind of feeding together, I think, personally, but.
2: Yeah, it's getting a little bit into murky waters, but I'll say I don't exactly agree with you, Matt. I wish you were right, but you're saying it comes down to the facts. And I don't know if that's always true with the uh, government decisions and regulations, <laughs> because there's a lot of things have facts about that. It's like, oh, wait, why is this legal and this is not or vice versa? Um, so but given the
0: Tesla community, if anything like that did come out. <laughs> you, you know the world will catch on fire because oh for sure at least <laughs> so on Twitter, that's, it would. <laughs> that's part of why i say it's like i'm not worried about it at all it's like when it comes down yeah. to if they tried to do a policy where you have to have lidar there would be a furor like that would be like nothing you've ever seen before so it's i'm not yeah. too worried about it
2: well you would hope tesla would they obviously have the data of miles driven and accidents all that you would hope that they could present that data to a third party you know an auditor show that that's you know legit and then that would be like oh wow this is very safe let's move ahead but you know another question and this one you know uh, elon musk talked about recently like this is actually the thing that bothers me the most is if you have a a fully self-driving car it works it's great and it has 10 percent accident rate of you know humans that's there's still people getting in accidents there's still people potentially dying or getting injured all of those are attributed to, let's say, Tesla, you know, or GM, whoever comes out with that first rather than like, oh, put this guy in jail, take this guy's license away. Even though there's less overall, you now have all of these negative events attributed to one entity. How do you ever get past that? And I I do not ever see, I mean, you have train crashes, right? Even trains derail. I don't ever see self-driving cars where there's no accidents anymore. Of course, it will be significantly greatly reduced, but the accidents will never disappear forever. And so if if, you know, I put my kid in a car, a self-driving car 10 years from now that only goes in an ac- gets in an accident every billion miles. And that's my kid. What? Come on, Tesla. Like what's wrong with you? You know? So I think that's going to be one of the hardest things to, to overcome for humans just because we're like that. Yeah.
0: The, who, who's to blame in a car accident when it's the company's software doing the driving is going to be something that's going to be a thorny issue for years and years and years.
2: Oh, yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I, can I mention one more thing about, because um, I, I took a ride with, I don't know if you guys have heard of May Mobility. It's another another oh. self-driving um, startup. I so. Yeah, I I yeah, I yeah had not heard of them, but they just started, um, it's actually a free taxi service in Ann Arbor right by, you know, where I work. And so I took that last week, their first week. And I was like, kind of hoping for the Waymo experience, you know, I've never been in a Waymo where you sit down, there's nobody in the driver's seat that's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, but they have a safety driver, which like, whatever and I it has cameras and LiDAR and radar okay it has, it has it all and you the guys telling me it can't make right on red right now which I know they can just you know program on or off it doesn't do right on red it, it can attempt unprotected lefts but I guess it's very bad at them and usually won't do them um, and some of the quirks that it had I could not believe how similar it was to the car I own today things like stopping at the stop sign a little slow And then just really awkwardly like, oh, who's going to go? Who's going to go? You know, Um, or some of the little phantom brakes. Now, I I will say for sure this car had far less phantom braking in the route that I did. And the the braking was a very gentle. But there was a time where there was a guy on the sidewalk and he kind of took a step towards the road and the car kind of stopped, you know, kind of it didn't stop, but it kind of hit the brakes a little bit. And I said to the driver, I was like, oh, that was the car, right? And he goes, yeah, I probably thought that guy was going to come out. That really made me appreciate tesla's uh software at this point in time today a lot more because i'm pretty critical you know when we get little fan of brakes and all this weird stuff i'm like come on get this out of here like this is basic driving stuff um but for this other company that has all the sensors and just focuses on that um i was surprised at how similar the experience was
0: yeah my experience in Waymo was very it was amazing it was absolutely amazing like it did a. <laughs> I want to try it it did a left hand turn on, on a three-lane you know highway and it did it, it drove it just like i would have The lights going yellow and it's inching into the intersection so they can go right when the traffic stops and it went through perfectly. There was no phantom braking. It was like, I was extremely impressed. I don't think full self driving is at that level today. No. But of course, Waymo is working on highly high resolution mapping and LIDAR and all these other uh, crutches, I guess you could say. But it's for where I experienced it, it was astonishingly good. Um, Right. but But they even admitted to me when I talked to them, like, their system, you can't just take their car and plunk it anywhere in the world. It has to be, right. it's only in specific, like geofenced areas that it works that well, which is a mm-hmm. current limitation of their system. And they admitted, like, they're working hard to do what Tesla's doing. They're trying to get to the point where you can take a Waymo car and put it anywhere and it will just work. So they're all trying to get to the same exact destination. They're just going in different paths to get there. It's, it's kind of
2: interesting. Right.
1: Yeah. That's actually a really interesting direction these companies are headed in as far as. The general solution with Tesla, which like as a software engineer, the general solution is very appealing. There's something about, I don't care about the parameters. Here's the thing. Throw some stuff at it. You'll get the right thing out of it. That's the dream. That's always the dream. But could Waymo actually beat him to market in terms of like, okay, in Phoenix, Arizona, you hail a cab and you're paying pennies on the dollar for a cab ride because a Waymo is going to come pick you up and it'll operate in this in this region without any issue and they just keep mapping and, and growing this region out but they're you know they're slowly iterating in the you know then they go out to new york city and san francisco and they just expand this operation into more and more cities kind of like an old-fashioned uh kind of an expansion plan instead of over the air everywhere all the time uh, like tesla's doing but yeah over time what if they, yeah, like you said, what if over time that strategy proves to be a winning one? Because for Tesla, they're not going to be able to have robo taxes until it's perfectly working and it's reliable. And Waymo maybe goes, oh, Well, we're making money today in Phoenix. I mean, it's just in one city or two cities, but we'll take that money. We'll keep LIDAR mapping and, and you know, or whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, that's a legit approach as well. Yeah. Well, did you hear what happened to Waymo
0: in San Francisco? Their taxis ended up going down this one way street just constantly because of the way the street signs, I guess in San Francisco, there's like slow streets and like one way streets. And so it was seeing these signs that had been put up for slow streets. And it was being, the way it calculated its route, it kept taking them, every taxi that tried to go this one direction down this like dead end street. So about every five minutes, a Waymo taxi would come down, go around, and leave. Come down, go around the map. The, the high definition map. The neighborhood maps. was like it was like a, how, how could know? this happen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it comes down to the it comes down to the routing software, the routing software. Like like how do you route where what path you need to take? That was the problem. Is like there was some quirk in their software <laughs> that kept sending them down this one street.
2: Oh yeah, nothing's perfect. Yeah, that was that was funny. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a good bug, though. I mean, it wasn't running over puppies or anything. So I'll yeah. take that one over something, you know, driving into a wall or something. <laughs> yeah, Agreed.
1: The the knife dude says China will just bruise right on past us as long as they don't get in the way to slow down the most innovative companies so that the ones uh, which have refused innovation can try to catch up. Um, this is kind of alluding to uh, Mark says 100 percent. Sandy Monroe mentioned this in his rant yesterday. Um, Sandy's been increasingly... Um, critical of, of some of the things that, that are happening, especially with with the government. And um, yeah, it's a fair point. <laughs> it, what a weird thing to say, that China is gonna be the ones that are gonna innovate because our governments aren't getting in the way compared to us here in the US. That's bonkers. If you told me I'd be saying those words uh, 10 years ago, yeah. I wouldn't have believed you.
0: When I was talking about GM earlier in the ultra cruise system, GM has invested something like $300 million into Momenta, which is a Chinese self-driving company. So it's like, there's there's big companies over there that are making big progress. But one of the reasons they had to do that, though, was this company has, I guess, a, um, a permit for gathering high-definition maps in China. So if you want to get high-definition maps of China, you'd have to go through somebody like Momenta. So that could have been why that GM was doing it.
1: That's very interesting.
2: Well, I think that's a, probably a good place to stop for today.
0: Um, any parting words for us,
2: Chris? Uh, No, if you're, if you're aiming to get the beta, just, just keep hoping it's coming. They, they really want to roll it out. Just hope that, you know, people are safe with it because they'll, if things look good, they'll continue to roll it out. It's a lot of fun, but like no joke. I know if you have public autopilot, sometimes you're checking your phone. We've all done it. Beta is a different beast. Don't do it. It's seriously like you really got to be paying attention. Um, it does really good most of the time, but that one time it catches you off guard, you're not going to you're not going to be happy. Yeah.
0: Thanks thanks so much for joining us again. It's awesome to have you here. If you aren't subscribed to him, subscribe to Dirty Tesla. Great channel. And he's putting out entire uncut clips of his full self-driving experience. I, I'm kind of addicted to watching them whenever you release them. So Yeah, if you, if you want honest, idea.
1: genuine, good, bad, just a, a good balanced view. That's why yeah. we, we called Chris to, to join us today. I think he's he's at the top of our list of people that I love to watch. To, to get a real indicative feeling of, of just where we are. So thank you so much, Chris, for joining us.
2: Yes, thank you both for having me. It was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed both of your videos as well. Yeah, and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the notification
0: bell so you don't miss an episode. And we're live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can always listen on the to the podcast version on the go on viceversa.show. As always, thanks so much for watching. We'll see you in the next one.